Serena and Katie have anxiety. Maybe you have too. If so, you're not alone. They're spiraling just like you. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> Katie didn't want to start, so I'm starting. Um, we're very excited to have you back on our favorite. I mean, this is spiraling recording days are my favorite days of the week. So can we tell them what happened last week? Yes. (laughs) I'll tell them. (laughs) We had a plan to record and we but we always talk before, as you as you probably know, and we do our non-recorded pre-show and the non-recorded pre-show went so long and was so lovely that uh, we didn't have time to record at all. So that uh, was true. I always kind of like that. I feel like when that happens, it means that we weren't meant to be recording. <laughs> I completely it agree. Means, it usually means we had a lot to debrief on. And I feel like in those times, it is best to be letting it out literally. And then just like, being like <laughs> okay, we can, we can think about these things and whether we wish to discuss publicly. <laughs> yeah. So we don't pull out so what happened to me. To- yeah. <laughs> When we had to have a lost episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I'm really excited about this episode. I feel like we did a... My favorite episode from last season was the one about vanity. And today we want to talk about aging and in all kinds of ways, our bodies, expectations for ourselves, our parents aging, all these things. And I feel like this is the meaty one. So should I spiral first? Yeah, yeah, you go first. I am having one prolonged spiral. And I love, I'm just being honest with you guys, this is the first season I think that we've recorded consecutively. Is that right, Katie? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- well, I don't I know. Like- Maybe the first season we didn't know what we were doing or like what any yeah, of this meant. So true. I think we just yes. kind of maybe we did and didn't know. But the other seasons, we would come into these and be like, all right, which, which one, one do you do feel do like today? doing? Today? <laughs> yeah. And that I think uh, hopefully you guys still enjoyed it. Um, but I feel like when we did that, our spirals were not linear in terms of just time wise like we would be jumping around because like mm-hmm. we recorded something four weeks after an episode that aired the week before whatever it was so anyway um i'm enjoying this consecutive thing because now i can discuss the spiral from last week's episode which was that i had this meeting that i felt really unqualified for and it was just really triggering my imposter syndrome that continues to follow me throughout my life no matter what I seem to do and I can't remember Katie did I did I say that like I had the meeting and it went well and now I feel imposter no I don't even think you had had you just suddenly this is where you left us off you had suddenly gotten news that you were going to have a big meeting and you had to rearrange your schedule and day and time to like oh go in yes, to yes yes do it. okay okay thank you thank you <laughs> my brain is mushy as always i so i had this i rearranged everything i was so anxious about this meeting i felt a little bit panic attacky on my way there i was meeting these two men and I, again, it's annoying that I can't actually like give you the full details, but in short, it's an opportunity that I have always wanted, but never kind of gave up on a little bit, but still feel like I, I I can't do it. It's too much pressure, whatever. And I was like, I have to, this meeting has to go really well, but also I think deep down, I kind of hoped that it wouldn't go well because then that would mean I wouldn't have to do the thing, which is nuts. Like as a form of self-sabotage, Yeah, <laughs> it would be easier if it just didn't happen, you know? And so the meeting ended up going really, really well. However, I have had a lot of good meetings over the course of my career. I honestly... I've really only had of hundreds of meetings. I really only like two or three stand out as actively bad. I feel like I leave most meetings being like, wow, that was amazing. Something's going to happen here. And then nothing happens. So that 
is why I feel like I have become incredibly good at managing expectations, which also is very effective for helping me manage my anxiety in the sense that I have... And by managing expectations, I don't mean becoming a pessimist. I just mean like, oh, like, let's go into this. Whatever happens, happens. Don't get super excited. Hope for the best, expect the worst mentality mm-hmm. tends, tends to actually play well with my anxiety. So the meeting went really well. I got a follow-up email like an hour later. I got to say, these guys are like really good with the communication. Follow-up email like an hour later being like, it was so great to meet you. We're so excited about this, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I really was like, okay, great. And it's like, we'll be in touch. Like we have to talk to our teams. And then I really, again, didn't expect to hear anything for a while, maybe nothing at all. And then a couple of days later, I got an email being like, we're so excited about this. Can you do a Zoom with our whole team tomorrow? This was last week. And it was like, you know, 4 p.m. the day before. And I was like, yes, of course. And like, this is one of those things where I'm like, I will rearrange everything to make this happen. And then I was so anxious about that meeting (laughs) for like, you know, I don't know, 16 hours, whatever. I didn't really sleep. I was spiraling about everything because again then my imposter syndrome is like you're not you can't do this you're not qualified for this and now you're going to be in a room with eight people even though it's virtual you're be in a room with eight people and they're going to know you're not qualified to do this and that will be the end of that good news people <laughs> it went really well <laughs> and then i ended up you know hearing later in the day from them being like amazing like these are the next steps. This is what we're going to do. And again, there are so many more steps before anything actually happens. But again, when I got that email, I was excited, very excited. But also the guy was like, I'm going away for a week so you won't hear anything but you know that doesn't mean we're not excited we're doing xyz on our end and then we'll do this and so what is so odd is that i felt super anxious but i was like oh you don't have to feel anxious until they return because there's actively nothing you can do right now and as the days have gone by and the return date is getting closer i am getting increasingly anxious about these next steps so i am currently I mean, I've been talking a lot about this a lot in therapy and just thinking about it a lot because it's big opportunities always make me super anxious, big professional things, big personal excitement things. Like it's the big stuff that really does cause my anxiety to flare, even if I am feeling like I'm in a very good place with it. So I've not been feeling that anxious recently. And then this kind of kicked things into high gear because it's one of the things that's just lingering in the back of my brain, kind of like a needle list item, but just much bigger, you know, and it's just poking me all day while I'm trying to do other things. I don't know why it's more difficult with something big to apply the managing expectations thing than something slightly smaller. I don't really have a neat way to tie this up. I would like not to not drag this out. I don't really see an end to it in the sense that there is the next step and then the next step and there are several steps, but each step is just going to make me more anxious because it means that this thing is closer to becoming a reality. And that feels like something that I'm not ready for. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to sort through a lot of things right now. And I think when you don't feel anxious for a long time, I can get really lazy with the self-reflection, I guess. And also I can get lazy about really digging deep into what is causing the anxiety because on the surface, I'm like, this thing is just big and scary, but I know there's a lot more underneath and imposter syndrome for me is also really closely tied with 
guilt, shame, and embarrassment. So there's definitely some correlation there that I'm just trying to tease out right now. And I'm not really sure what it is. So I really just wanted to update people on the spiral, which is getting larger. And I am actively working on it. I think sometimes it's important. I feel like sometimes with our spirals, we're like, there's no answer to this. And other times we tie it up really neatly. And I feel like this is a good in-between example where you can be actively working to extricate yourself from a spiral and there's no neat way to tie it up but it's also not like we're not just leaving it there like I'm actively working on it I mean I think what we were talking about before we started recording was just the rhythms that we all have of there are times when we're up there are times that we're down sometimes that swing is really giving us whiplash because it's so up and down sometimes (laughs) it's a bit more even but it's not really about tying everything up into a bow there are some spirals like that where it's like oh it was all in my head or (laughs) oh god this is never gonna end but i'm actually okay with it now like it just depends and anyway this is this is mostly really good news and you're just yes. in the weeds yes putting out mm-hmm. what phase of it you're in and that's it yes that's it you so know? that is a nice bow for now that's and i think it really is just a one step at a time thing so i think again the antidote to anxiety is always presence and i can't control what step comes after this step or if three steps later is actually going to materialize like just one foot in front of the other for the time being. And that is that. Exactly. My spiral? Yes, your spiral. Please. Shall I spiral? Okay. Absolutely. Mine is um mine is like somewhat simple this time. I think I maybe told you this privately last week, but I think I've been having a more existential long-term spiral about time and aging and being where I am in my life now at my age. I think when you're in your 20s, it's sort of like, all right, well, everyone's sort of figuring it out. And I'm a freelancer and I'm an artist or I'm a single person. And these identities of, of being more undone feel more okay. And I think during the pandemic, everyone was sort of in this like, well, we're all really struggling. And that kind of felt nice for a minute where it's like, okay, well, it's fine. I don't have to figure it out because nobody does. And we're all like, everything's so wild right now. But now it's like in whatever phase of what we're in right now, it's like, okay, no, people are like getting their shit together. People I know are having studios outside of their home or like an office outside of their home. And, And I don't mean like going back to an office, like a couple of my friends here like got a studio and I'm just seeing my peers and my friends who are similar to me in age and career in a way have not only more success, but just regular accomplishments of where they would be at this stage in their life and career, which is for me in my early thirties. Right. And, and then of course, a bunch of life versions of that, of everyone I know, it felt like last week told me they were pregnant or getting married or a combination (laughs) of both. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Yes. And that has been going on for a while. That's, that's nothing new. And, and usually with with those big life things, that that sort of thing, like, I don't really have that. Like, I don't know if I want to have a kid or not. Same with having a partner. It's like, would be cool. Hope I do it. Not that attached to it right in this moment. I have moments where I am. It just depends. But the one that really got me last week was for the first time, felt really embarrassed about money. And money is not something that I've spiraled about really where I've always had enough. I've never had a a bunch, but I've always like figured it out and made it work. And I still will. I'm, I'm confident of that. But the last couple of years, like I really haven't been making very much money. I've maybe made like a little bit, but not much. And I've had savings or unemployment or it's been fine. But again, everyone was kind of in that spot. And then now I'm like, oh my God, I'm in my early thirties and I'm never going to be able to buy a house. And I don't have a safety net and I need to, I need to probably get a full-time job. And you know, it just became, it felt more dire. And that was like, okay, that was one thing. But then I started to feel myself have shame and embarrassment of like, 
oh my God, am I a fuck up? Like, did I feel like it kind of felt like getting a bad grade on a test? Like I felt embarrassed that I was stupid, you know? And I feel like that now, like I'm kind of like, and this is, this is where it came from. This is a specific bit because it is about age and it is about like, I don't think I would feel this way if I was 22, but because I'm 32, I do feel this way. Right. Like, and I always Mm -hmm. make this joke where I'm like, I'm doing great for a 25 year old. Like I have a great (laughs) apartment. I have so many friends. I'm having so much fun. Like that's great. But where are you like savings wise and where, you know what I mean? So I had this conversation with a friend who was like so lovely and she's like, how can I help you? And it was my friend, Christine. And I'm like, oh, maybe I do copywriting, like freelance. Maybe I'm like trying to figure it out. You're always so generous helping me figure it out. Anyway, so I go to this website where it has a bunch of job postings and listings that she had sent me. And on there, her friend teaches a copywriting course, friend of a friend. And she was like, oh, maybe I'll connect you with this person. I was like, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And so I like click on this copywriting course and it says like coming soon. So I click on it just to like, you know, check it out because I know the person kind of know of the person teaching it. And you know how they put like quotes on online courses for someone to sign up like testimonials? Yeah. So the testimonial on this was I went from making 70K in 2019 to making 200K in 2020 a year. And I looked at that and my like stomach, I felt like I was going to throw up and I felt so embarrassed. And I start crying, just like staring at my computer because I had just tried to apply for a copywriting job and it was like, need to see your portfolio. And I was like, all right, well, I don't have one. And then I like went to click on this course and I was like, did I do something wrong? Cause I was like, I have never made $70,000 in my life, even when I did have a full-time job and not even close when I've been. And so I'm like, I felt so much shame, like, oh shit. Like, did I super do something wrong. Like I really like my life. I'm so grateful, but I'm a, maybe I can't sustain it. And I felt both like scared and dire, but then I also felt, yeah, ashamed. And I think that the shame came from the age thing. And anyway, that's it. (laughs) No. Well, it's so interesting that you say that because I feel like I admire you so much in that you really have made this life for yourself that you really like and money is an annoyance like it's almost an annoyance to you katie and i recorded an episode of our friend's podcast together she thinks just bought it love that podcast but it was so interesting because i don't want to say that caroline and i are materialistic but like we like things like we really like to shop we really like lots of you know like we want to make money to like not just to buy things like there's a security element but like we really liked things and like katie is a minimalist in the best possible way and i feel like you don't need a lot of things it's not like you sit around you're like i wish i had these things and i can't afford them like you unless you're not telling me that I know there are like certain like things that would make your life easier professionally and you could have more space, but I don't even feel like you want more space. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's the future element, which is why it's so triggering for anxiety is the what if, what if something happens? What if I never make enough money to do X, Y, and Z? I have all of these years left to live and you know, I'm, in my thirties now. And I think it's really the, again, it's the narrative that we tell ourselves and I'm not poo-pooing making money and, and seeking security because I think that often financial security can, you know, re- I think money is a source of anxiety for so many people. I think it's the number one stressor, which is obviously different than causing anxiety, but like it, it, it's something that is top of mind. I think for everyone, I think when we get into our thirties, there's these expectations for money for, and with every decade, but like for money, for a certain familial status to make like big career decisions, et cetera. And I think what's really interesting is you did try the copywriting thing. (laughs) And I don't know if we want to discuss it at length, but it made you really happy and also i feel like that testimonial was false because they did not pay you a lot of money 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Like that in my case, I, like I'm blessings to that person that they made a lot of money because I made none. And I <laughs> it always cracks me up because it's such a ridiculous recruiting tactic. And, uh, you know, they could have found anyone. And that's why we all have to be careful. I'm so susceptible to like infomercials that come on after like face the nation and stuff. And I'm, I'm like sucked into these things where I'm going to buy this cream or, you know, start go on this course platform or whatever. There's not obviously a quick fix because I do think it's important sometimes sort of like I'm trying to get to the bottom of why I have such terrible anxiety around progressing to another level so to speak of my career it's like it's important to tease out sometimes when these things come up sometimes they're not a big deal and we get over them but if the money thing keeps coming up which I feel like it has I feel like we talked about it a little bit last year too like I feel like it comes and goes Mm -hmm. sometimes it is helpful to just think about all of your options. And sometimes that does decrease anxiety. Like it's like, Oh, if I were going to get another job, a full-time, a part-time job, whatever that is to increase my financial security and possibly I don't love it. Does that increase my overall happiness and decrease my anxiety, even though it's not something that you're super passionate about. I think that there is sort of this annoying rhetoric that like we should all be pursuing our passions professionally and I think that you are somebody who works to live and I think that's like a truly incredible thing but I think that you just you're so creative and you've been able to be so successful with podcasting that and like your other creative endeavors even if they weren't financially super successful And it's hard to reconcile that because like, it's so frustrating that you, you do work really hard and you do make incredible things and you are not making as much money as you'd like, but the shame and embarrassment angle is interesting and worth, I don't know, a longer discussion just because it would be different if you were like looking at a friend or something. This was like a number from a website and well it's, and, but, but i know her though yeah oh you do know her okay. yeah yeah yeah. she's christine she's my friend's friend so like i mean Got i don't it. know her well but like i think and yes. and you want to know something else i know yes. she's younger than me i think that's Ooh, another thing okay yeah and i think but this like bleeds into what we wanted to talk about anyway it's mm-hmm. so weird that there are these things that we get hung up on and cause so much anxiety by comparing ourselves to one another, especially people younger. It's so wild to me because I know that people definitely do this to me, but I, I am 35 years old. I have been married for five years. I have no children. I have no immediate plans to have children. Although I get asked about it all the time. If I meet somebody who has like a kid or two kids, I automatically think they're older than I am, which is nuts. <laughs> I know. I know. And same, like same like, when I obviously lots of people have kids in their twenties, like some people in their teens, you know, whatever, but I'm like, Oh, they have a kid. Like how old are they? Like 40? Some people in their teens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. Fair. The child thing is like my number one anxiety trigger these days, aside from the professional stuff, but it does feel like, clock is ticking on so many things in your 30s. And I do not want to alienate people who are listening in their 20s, because there's still a weird thing about aging or in your 40s or 50s. It applies to every decade. It's just right now, like the 30s, I feel like are particularly weird. And while I do feel... I'm curious to know how you feel about this. I am much happier in my 30s than I was in my 20s. I feel much more settled in every way professionally personally i feel like i and i I feel like i have a long way to go in every category of my life but i don't have sort of the 
what's next anxiety. I don't have, well, that's a lie. I have that all the time. I just feel more settled and it's not, it's not being married. That's not what it is. It's like, I feel like I am more comfortable with who I am as a human. I'm more comfortable in my own skin. I feel like I've like found my personal style. I feel like I know what I want out of my life. That doesn't mean that I've figured out how to how to live how to live exactly that way yet. Like I just But you have clarity on like, what it is. I yeah, like I just feel like I know myself a lot better and I'm more comfortable with that. I'm more comfortable with my strengths, but I'm also very I'm much more comfortable with my weaknesses in my 30s than I was in my 20s. They just don't bother me as much. <laughs> I don't know. But there's that's the positive, but aside like and that's a lot of positive. But aside from that, I just feel like every huge momentous life thing is like, is this actually the career that I want to continue for decades to come? Do I need to have a baby? Where's my forever home? All of those things. I feel like those are questions we ask ourselves more in our 30s. But do you feel happier in your 30s than you did in your 20s or no? And now a word from our favorite sponsor, BetterHelp. there have been so many times when I've been stuck focusing on problems instead of solutions. Uh, This entire podcast is named Spiraling because this is actually a a habit of both Katie and mine. We tend to focus on what's going wrong. Anxiety tends to make that worse. And then we just keep going down and down and down. One of the things that therapy has helped me with is changing my mindset. You know, I love a reframe. It can be really hard to train your brain to stay in problem solving mode when you're faced with a challenge in life. But when you learn how to actively seek out and find your own solution, there is truly no better feeling. And I am so grateful to my therapist for helping me with this. A therapist can really help you become a better problem solver and they make it easier to accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. We love therapy. What inspired us to try it is Serena was having a panic attack, to be honest, when she was in college. (laughs) And she started therapy all the way back then. And we've both been in therapy. And and same, I had a, a pretty, pretty dark experience in college that led me into therapy. And I've never looked back and the benefits are outweigh um, any sort of apprehension that I, I would have had prior to starting. And what I love about therapy is that it helps you to get to know yourself and it helps you to get to know other people better. It can help with your relationships. If you're thinking about trying therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's a great option. It's convenient. It's accessible. It's affordable. And it's entirely online. Get matched with the therapist after filling out a brief survey and you can switch therapists at any time. We've all been there. (laughs) (laughs) We really have. So when you want to be a better problem solver, a better version of yourself. Therapy can help you get there. And BetterHelp is an amazing option. You can visit betterhelp.com slash spiraling today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash spiraling. I mean, I know you're new to your I don't therapy, know. I mean, I don't know. And well, before I answer that... First of all, I'm really happy that you feel that way, but you're three years older than me. Do you feel like you felt like everything you just said now? Do you feel like you felt like that three years ago? No, no. Yeah. So, so that's I, well, that's a, that's, thank you. That's comforting. I don't know. I, I, I do feel behind in my life. And I also know that like, I've always felt that way in ways. And there's been ways that I felt like I have been, like a 30 year old since I was like 12, you know, and that was also kind of embarrassing. Very wise. And I feel like you really are an old soul. So I forget often that you are younger than I am. And I also feel like you talk to so many, just like via your line of work. Like I feel like you spend so much time with people who are older than you are, especially in your twenties you did. (laughs) 
Yes, that's so true. I mean, I, I think my experience is interesting in the sense of I don't feel like I had the 20s and my 20s that most people had where I didn't move to a city that I really wanted to live in and struggle to be there and have kind of the financial fears that I'm having now in my 20s. Mm. I, I kind of did things backwards. You know, I I wrote a newsletter yeah. about this a couple of weeks ago because it's just society and capitalism that makes us judge this. Like who says other than the baby thing, it's totally fine if my 20s were actually pretty settled and I had kind of a lot of money and my 30s, I'm like yeah. not settled. It's just society that's judging that, right? And mm-hmm. and my friend Kayleen Schaefer wrote this book that came out last year. It's called But You're Still So Young. And I may have mentioned oh, it here I before. I want to read that. Yeah, you told me. Yeah, that. she wrote this wonderful book about female friendship called Text Me When You Get Home. And, and it's ah, very yeah. journalistic. And this one, she follows, I think... 10 people or more, very different. It's a really diverse group of people, everyone from like a comedian to someone who's a banker to, you know, and they live all over and all different backgrounds and marital statuses and wants and desires and whatever cities. And she goes through these five markers of success that make people and five markers of adulthood that were made up by sociologists in the 1950s. And they are, I think I can rattle them off. It's not in any particular order, but it's moving away from home, becoming financially independent, finishing school, buying a house and having a career. Or maybe it's not buying a house. It might be getting married. And um, mm-hmm. and it's definitely not having a career. I meant having a kid. Um, those are the things. <laughs> so yeah. first of all, she kind of goes through how those are antiquated of like our generation is one of the first that will have experienced two financial crises and a pandemic because she wrote this Mm -hmm. enough into the pandemic that she was able to write about the pandemic within it. And a lot of the things that were possible for Gen X and for boomers aren't even possible for us now. So we've had to, you know, renegotiate that and it's a good read, but that that's kind of unrelated, but that was very comforting. Right. And then at the same time, it's like, yeah, I don't know. I guess when I was younger, all that was modeled for me was that I figured by the time I was 32 years old, I'd probably be married. I'd probably have a career. I'd probably have a kid because that's what was around me in the Midwest. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I did know that I wanted a life that was different from what was modeled for me. I did know I wanted to move to a city. I didn't know that LA even existed. So like my life now (laughs) is nothing that I could have considered. Yeah. yeah, Like, like California was so foreign to me that I, I couldn't even understand what it would be like to be this West or how one would get here. You know, I didn't know anyone who lived here. Like I knew people, a ton of people who moved to Chicago. That was like a goal. Or I had a few people who like, I could see New York and I saw it on, TV. And like, that was something I wanted. And I did that. And I ended up here and I enjoy my life here. But I did sort of wake up around my birthday this year where I was like, oh, my God, 32. Shit. All right. I came into this pandemic in my 20s. I'm Mm -hmm. now inching towards my mid 30s. Unpartnered, unjobbed. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a job. And I'm at this precipice in my career where it's like, all right, you did a full time job. And and that's what I was going to say. Like, in my 20s, I was much more measured. Like, I spent the first five years of my 20s without really even having friends, working essentially two jobs. I worked a full time job and I did everything I'm doing now on the side, but like more. Yeah, Yeah, I did all of that. And I didn't really have friends and I didn't drink. And I was like, you know, pretty much had an eating disorder, you know, like yeah. still then really like I wasn't doing anything or going out or like doing anything at all. And then when I moved to New York, like I had acquaintances, but like everyone was kind of like the level of, of friends that you and I were like, you were one of my closest friends. And like we met in sort of a work context, like I had a lot of acquaintances. I could have dinner with a different person every night and I like things to go to, but it wasn't like I had a friend group and I was like, yeah, 
going to the same places or like I didn't really have any of that. And my college was so bizarre, too, because of the same thing. Like I didn't really drink. I didn't go like I had a really backwards time. And so now, I, you know, I kept making the joke when I turned 30, like I'm going to have the 20s that I didn't have in my 20s and my 30s. And that's like funny and cute for a second. But then it like becomes sad. Like I, I keep making the joke. How I live now is cool. Again, really like my life. Love my bright studio <laughs> apartment. Love that. I know everybody mm-hmm. in the neighborhood, but like Will it still be cute when I'm 40? Like, do I still want or will it be sad? Will it be depressing? And I had someone on the podcast this week, actually. It was such an interesting experience that's so relevant to this conversation. It's a bit, we did not plan this at all, but she's someone who hosted this podcast. I Did you ever listen to it? It's called Millennial. No. It was a documentary series that started the year after I started mine in 2014. And her name mm-hmm. is Megan Tan. And it chronicles her like trying to get a job in radio. And, and mind you, we're the same age. And I remember listening at that time and being like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I wish I was doing. I wish, you know, and, and you know what I did? I emailed her and I was like, I love your work. I would love to connect. I'd love to have you on the podcast, whatever, whatever. She doesn't email me back. I follow up. She does email me back and she's like, I can't do it. But thank you. Whatever. That was that. And then she goes on to be a prolific radio producer. She's made many, many shows since. She's she's incredible. Recently, maybe like a month or so ago, her publicist reaches out. She has a new show with Elias Studios. Her publicist asked for her to come on the podcast. So we do the interview on Monday. And we have this real radio moment where I may have a comment within it about because we're talking about the pandemic. She has a really incredible audio story on the show Wild about dating Mm -hmm. during the pandemic that I related to a lot. And we have a a very interesting conversation about that to to start the the show. And somewhere in that, I say something that just sort of comes out of my mouth, which is I don't even really know if I believe was like, yeah, I I was kind of like, well, I don't know if anyone really feels like an adult, something like that, just to kind of move in the air along. And then she says, well, say more about that. What do you actually mean? And then I kind of just started and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I think we're all sort of figuring it out. And I'm and I kind of say a lot of these things I just said to you, like I did things in a behind sort of bizarre way where like everything I just said. And she was Mm -hmm. like, that's so interesting, because for me, I started that project in 2014 finished it, used it as a portfolio piece, got all these other jobs like that's so far away from her. And I'm still doing that one. Right. So that felt Mm -hmm. really embarrassing, I think. And then Mm -hmm. she also was like, I've had to make choices where I feel very adult now. Like now I feel very stable in my 30s. And again, she's exactly my same age. And she's like, now I'm with a partner and I'm really settled. And I'm you know, I don't do these spontaneous things and, and stay out late and do whatever, whatever. And she was talking about how these added responsibilities she has. And she's like, and I'm getting closer into buying a house. And these are the things I do and to make sure that that happens. And, and I'm sitting here on a day where I'm feeling particularly vulnerable about those things. Right. Oof. So she says all of that. And I just kind of take a deep breath. And I'm like, wow. Yeah. Cause, cause in my brain, I'm like, oh my. and then, then it goes into like feeling like I'm a fuck up. Right. Of like yeah. the night prior, but I had gone not. out to dinner yeah. with a bunch of my friends. We always go to the bar on Sunday nights because it's quiet. And it's country Western night. And I had two cocktails. I'm 32 years old. It's fine. But like, that's a lot for me. And I was like feeling a bit hungover the next day, which is like not a crime, but I felt like I had done something bad. You know, I'm being irresponsible. I'm and that's not an irresponsible thing. No, it's not at all. You know? Oh my God. And anyway, so, so, but that's in my brain. And so I say to her, I'm like, I just kind of take a deep breath and I'm like, Listen, that came out of my mouth earlier, but I don't know if I actually believe that. And and I think what I meant was actually we all just do things on different timelines. Like my 20s, mm-hmm. I think I had a lot of responsibilities and I've had to do a lot of taking care of things in my life that make it a certain way. And now I'm living a life that's like a whatever I, how I am living and yeah I just think we do things on different timelines and and then I just said to her live on the air I was like listen you want to know something funny like I actually emailed you in 2014 I it came up on my computer today when I was trying to send you the zoom link and isn't that funny like just time you know we have this like really sort of yeah. beautiful conversation about about timing and and she's buddhist and so she shared a lot from her ah. buddhist faith it, w- it was really 
wise. And I, I honestly, I did this thing that I haven't done in a long time, but when I started, let it out, it was very self serving. I wanted to get an hour of people's time, people who I admire. I wanted to Mm -hmm. get an hour of their time for like coaching essentially, you know, and I would write down takeaways. I would like write them down a little notebook for myself. I would, I think I put them on my blog at the time, but I haven't done that in years. Right. And sometimes it doesn't like, there aren't takeaways. It's just like entertaining or funny or whatever. I hope there are usually, but I literally took so many notes on this person and I wrote down so many things and one of them. And I think this, this comes from, from Buddhism, but she said, your current reality is a reflection of your past actions, right? So your current reality Mm. is actually, I'm going to pull up the exact quote from it because it really hit me hard. And I think it's worth reading verbatim. The point is it's like, yes, we are all on different timelines. And this person who happens to be the same age as me is at a different spot that I can learn from if I'm quiet and I'm not like in my ego of I should be there and I'm not like, okay, I'm not. And I want some of those things. Like I need to take some actions today to make my mm-hmm. reality in the future closer to that. And know that like we all have different advantages and disadvantages yes. and privileges. Yes. And like this yes. is, I'm talking to a person of color. I'm not a person of color, right? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I could be talking to someone and Kayleen mentions this in her book where she's like, there are other just kind of little economic things, right? That no one talks about of like getting a family car, right? Like that's not a huge deal, but I paid not very much for my car, but that's $6,000 that I could have like had for my rent. If my, I would have gotten like an old car from my dad or my mom or whatever that like a lot of my friends who live in California have, or like, I thought about this the other day, how many task rabbits have I had to pay for to like hang my pictures or whatever. If I had a boyfriend, we talked about relationship privilege, which I mean, I know people get annoyed at the term privilege, but it's like being able to split costs, even if it's not 50, 50, like splitting costs with somebody brings that cost down. And in my like college friend group, we used to go on weekends away all together. And there were four of us who were coupled. And one of our friends was single for a couple of the trips. And she was like, you guys, like all of you are splitting a hotel room. I have to eat this cost solo. And like, it's expensive. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that I hadn't thought about it in terms of splitting costs. It's a very real thing. I have so many, wait, keep going. I have so many thoughts on all the things you just said. That's such a relevant one, you know, because I remember you telling me that and, and that felt very relieving of like, yeah, that's that's totally true. And yes, there are some people who like, I could learn how to hang things in my apartment or I could, you know, all yeah, of these things. But all, yeah, but also yeah. there's even just like having a parent close, you know, like I, I, there's a lot of Mm -hmm. advantages to not having my family near me too. You know, like I don't have, I have probably more time because I'm not going to every like function and I'm, you know, whatever. And also like paying for my flight home at Christmas, like that was Mm -hmm. a lot of money that, you know, my friends who live here, who chose to spend time with their family didn't have to pay, or maybe a family member pays for that for some people. That's probably a thing people do, or maybe, you know, even like having my friend had, their dad come over and hang curtains and I remember being like oh man I wish like it was just so silly and like and there are other people who like lost a parent or it's just we don't know or we don't know like maybe someone comes into family money because someone died which like that fucking sucks like I don't want that either but maybe that you know there's just so many things that we don't know but without knowing that we're still judging each other we're still comparing and I can't find the exact quote but instead I'm gonna read you a different one, which is a concept about causes, right? So Mm -hmm. causes are thoughts, words, or actions. This comes from Buddhism. And if you, she gives the example of if you want to be one of the best writers in the world, say, but you're telling yourself that you're not, then all the actions that you take to do that are canceling each other out because your thoughts in your brain have effects too. And she says that in Buddhism, there's a concept that it all comes back to us. Like you have to decide first, whatever it is that you want. And then 
she does that every morning. She sees what she wants and she writes down exactly what that is. And I think that clarity isn't like you're going to manifest it. It's just that she's going to then that day take a step, take to the steps towards it. Happen. Yeah. And I think I'm kind of over here. Like, I don't even really know what I want. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's something I need to, to look at because she, she was also saying, you know, I made the joke the night before with my friends, like I'm, well, I'm, I heard the daily episode. I can never buy a house, you know, and like I say it kind of in this like funny way and like, it's maybe true, but like, it's definitely going to be true if I keep saying that. Mm-hmm. Right. And what she's telling herself every day is like, I will be able to buy a house in LA and I'm going to take the actions towards that. And I think my, my friend Crystal gave me this piece of homework to, cause I'm not being like, what was me? Like I need to make money. And I'm like, you know, by myself, like I know I can do it and it's going to be fine. And I mean, I don't, but I'm going to, I'm trying to believe that I can. And my friend Crystal was like, how do you want to spend your day when you're 50? Like, how do you want to do it? And I I don't know. Like, I was kind of like, what do you think? You know what I mean? Like, and that's something I need to, I need to sit with because there's a reality of the situation of like, what is possible for me at that time? And then there's also like, a middle ground of like, okay, well, what would I want? And, and going back to what you said, to be honest, Serena, it's like, I get what you're saying about minimalism and all of that. And it's true, but it is true because I house it for my friends and I get to have these moments of like, wow, I have space and there's places to be. And I get invited to things. And a lot of that comes from my relationships, but none of that is guaranteed. And gosh, it would be nice to have a yard. You know what I mean? Like I would actually like to have a nice thing someday (laughs) or like I would, of course I do want a lot of that stuff. I just have been able to work with what I've got in a way where I can choose to like it and can choose to have, you know, good taste. And I've gotten really lucky at some garage sales where I have a few nice things for not that much and I've made it work. However, I have to address what I actually want at my age. And that's something that you and I have had a discussion about on your end too, of where you are at your age now is at a level of success that like, even though we're different, I'm like, yes, I want you to have that, that thing. And I want you to be at this other level that's different and I can still appreciate that. And like, there's an influencer who I follow and, and I think it's okay to say you do too, who is so different from me and aspirational, but it doesn't make me bummed. Like I'm not jealous of her. I'm like, sick. I am going to have better style the more money I have because, or the better taste because I am open to seeing more variation. First of all, I'm so glad we're having this conversation because I do think that this is something a lot of people relate to. I want to go back to one thing. First, when you said that you don't know the, the word vomit that was like, I don't know if anybody ever really feels like an adult. And then you backtracked and said that everybody's on their own timeline. I agree with the timeline portion, especially, but I also agree with the first thing you said. And I think that's obviously not true. I don't know if anybody feels like an adult because clearly she did. And there are lots of Mm -hmm. other people who might, but I relate to that. Yeah, I do not feel like an adult. I wake up sometimes and I still like giggle if I'm on the phone with somebody. I'm like, oh, I'll have to check with my husband. I've been married for five years. That's <laughs> it's like absurd to me. We own a house. I feel like I'm like play, de- you know, decorating a house. Like Logan's also older than I am, right? So Logan's going to be 40 next year. Like that's, and that life stage does also feel a little bit different personally and professionally. <laughs> well, Personally, I feel like Logan and I are very much on the same level. Professionally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, extra four plus years makes a difference. And I mean, we got a dog and I'm like, oh my God, am I allowed to take care of a dog? I'm 35. Of course I'm allowed to take care of a dog. I know. It's but so funny. I had that even, even in my little life, I had that thought like yesterday. I was like, isn't it cool? I can stay out as late as I want. I can do whatever I want. Like, And like, I do think, first of all, my hangovers are brutal these days is things like staying out all night and partying super hard and stuff. I don't do it just because I do not like the physical effects, but like the spontaneity is still very much in my life. And I'm sure people are listening and they're like, yeah, bitch, you don't have kids. But that's also something 
also Katie and I were talking about being emotional. I like weirdly feel like I'm going to start crying now and Mm -hmm. that's unnecessary, but like people throw it in my face in a really unattractive way. Sometimes like I get messages sometimes from people. I don't think they're trying to, I don't think they mean it in the way that it actually hits me. But I think I told you about this, Katie. I'm just going to give you one example. First of all, friends who are listening, don't put your nonstick pans in the dishwasher. (laughs) Period. I don't care what (laughs) brand they are. Just don't do it. But somebody was like, you recommend... That's good to know. I didn't know that, actually. Never, never, never. I don't have a dishwasher. I never have. But I do house it a lot. So I just learned something. It's the heat element, but it's also the fact that when you rest it in the dishwasher, yes, you can be really precious about it, but it's still going to move about a little bit and it might get scratched on the side of the dishwasher or something and it just breaks down the coating. Information some of you may not be podcast people. But, (laughs) but I mentioned this a lot and she was like, I saw that these maiden pants aren't, pants aren't dishwasher safe. So do you have another recommendation? I was like, well, honestly, no nonstick pan should be put in the, but I didn't want to say it. And she was like, some of us have children and don't have time to do things like wash our pans by hand. And I was like, that is so offensive Ew. that you're saying that only women who have children can be busy. Yeah. How about and, women who have children and don't can't afford to have a dishwasher? Yeah, I've literally like, never had one in my yeah. life. <laughs> and I was just like the way that hit me. And I've had other people say stuff like that to me. Like, this is a ridiculous example. Like somebody accidentally sent a DM that they meant to send to somebody else, which happens sometimes. And it wasn't mean, but it was like, yeah, of course, like she doesn't have wrinkles. She doesn't have any kids. Like, you know, it's like stuff like that. And it's just, it's just, it really, it makes me feel so insecure. Like if I choose not to have kids, which is very much a possibility. And I think that I could live a very full, happy life without them that I am somehow, and it's just this insane outdated rhetoric that I am somehow not a complete woman, a fully accomplished woman, a woman who has a very full, I hate to glamorize busy, but like, I am really fucking busy. And Mm -hmm. like, it's like absurd to be like, you don't have children. So you don't know what busy feels like, because I also feel very strongly that like, if you made a choice to have children, that's wonderful. But again, different timelines and also different choices. I fully believe in like, you know, it's sort of, I'm not comparing puppies and babies right now, but it's one of those things where like, I actively wanted a dog so bad. I'm could not be happier with my decision to make taco. That doesn't mean he doesn't make me want to pull my hair out sometimes. So I totally get being like, I have children and my, like, I want to scream and whatever. Again, not saying a dog is as much to handle as a child, but like, it's not that you can't complain about it or whatever, but it just like, it really, really chaps my ass that like societally a woman in her mid thirties progressing towards 40s 50s whatever that has no children like is somehow less than because that's Mm -hmm. the vibe I get from those messages and then it contributes to my anxiety which is surrounding having children because I am undecided I have not I feel like when I make decisions and that's that's where this anxiety about money about finding a partner all these things it's like if you actively make a decision I mean I know this is but if you were like I I don't believe in monogamy I never want to have a singular partner I'm just going to like have encounters relationships where they come without that goal. like making that decision I actively think would probably cause less anxiety I know that's not what you want but like it's like a if I were to know firmly that I did not want a child, I think I would feel a lot less anxious about it because whenever we've talked about this in the past, it's like decision-making anxiety. And that's mm-hmm. my current biggest decision-making anxiety. Yeah. It feels awful. I just like, I wish, I wish we were less judgmental of one another. I feel like that is one. And again, we don't give ourselves enough compliments. I feel like I'm really good at, being very careful about respecting everybody's different life choices, different mm-hmm. circumstances. Like I do, that's one thing I think yeah. in my thirties, I am incredibly self-aware to a fault mm-hmm. in the sense that I often like 
Katie knows this, but like, I really beat myself up about a lot of things that I don't think it's, I, I know deep down it's not productive or necessary, but like, I yeah, you're too hard self- on yourself. That's something you need to, to work on that we went over in your yeah. coaching session we had last yeah. week with me. But like, I am very self-aware and it really bothers me when people like still it's and it's the well-meaning question surrounding and this is we could do a whole episode on you know anxiety surrounding <laughs> being a woman of this age and having children but that is something that I think about a lot and I'm also like, it's funny because going back to what you said about people not feeling like an adult on one of my group texts with my contracts, it's so funny because some days I'll I'll just wake up to a text being like, Hey, and do you also think it's weird that we have, like, we each have two children? Like sometimes I wake up and I'm like, Oh my God, what? Like I am responsible Mm -hmm. for two humans today. How, how? And I don't know. I do know a lot of people, my parents' generation who are like, I don't feel like an adult. I'm 75. And I, I, there's so much. And the spontaneity too is a, is a choice. And like, I, I know, you mentioned in that conversation, the radio conversation, she'd been like, well, you know, like we're not going out, whatever. Like Logan is honestly the most adult person I've ever met, but like he went to four fucking widespread panic shows last week. Like he does, you know, and again, he's a fun guy. We're dealing with a fun guy over here. (laughs) Fun guy. But like, you know, I, I feel like we, I feel like I still do lots of spontaneous things. And like, yeah, I'm more tired in the morning than I was when I was 25 or more hungover if I was like out partying. But that's also a choice. And there's no timeline for being like, you can't like go to like a Tuesday night concert and stay out till one in the morning if you want. I mean, that is the flip side. That is the plus side of being an adult, even if you don't feel like one, like we do what we want. (laughs) Right. And that's the Uh, thing. It's like with having kids, you have to do more planning that with that sort of thing but it's just like as long as you're honest with yourself there are people who have kids who have really intense drinking problems and are like yes. drinking wine all throughout and like no one really yes. talks about that or like you know what i mean like and it's just like well they're like you know and it's like there are people who can have addiction and it can be really dark or there can be people who can drink casually and it can be fine like there it it just yes. it's really a self-honesty thing that you have to only you can know. And I don't think I have a drinking problem at all. I'm pretty sure I drank like one time in my twenties. I mean, not really, but like kind of. And then (laughs) just because it was different now and it's not like I drink every night or go out every weekend or do, you know, I worked all weekend and I went, did something with friends on one day. Like, it's just, you are the only one that can know, but I think just seeing people's lives more than we probably should for our mental health isn't doing this any favors. Strongly agree. I kind of feel like we should make this one a two-parter because I want to talk about also like this just made me think about the fact that as we enter our thirties and get older, we're also dealing with like our parents Mm -hmm. getting much older and that's an anxiety situation. And we didn't even get into like the actual physical aspect of aging, which I feel like I want to talk about different aside from just the stuff that we tackled in the vanity episode. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a two-parter. Yeah, because I feel like this time we really covered we covered money and career and like social. But what we didn't cover is like physical. We didn't talk about death, you know, like to set this up for next time. I had a friend recently lose their dad, a my one of my closest friends. And one thing I'm not mentioning with this episode with Megan and why she said that about adulthood is that and this is a really big point and a responsibility that I don't have right now which is that her dad who's aging moved in with her and her boyfriend right like that's a huge responsibility that I don't have right so I see how she feels like an adult and I don't right like that's Mm -hmm. like a really big piece that I didn't share that feels really relevant so it's like yeah some life circumstances will make you feel like an adult very quickly 
And there are other yes. life circumstances that I'm in right now that make me feel kind of childlike where I look at some of my peers who I grew up with who have like four kids in a house and I feel incredibly childlike in comparison and comparing apples and oranges, not one is better than the other. It's just different. And that has to be okay. And I think we can have a whole nother discussion about those elements next time. Yeah. Okay. I'm excited about that. Me too. Um, Should we do some quick highs? Quick highs. Okay. I will start because they are top of mind. One, Taco went to the groomer today and like, I can't handle it. So floppy and like, like, absurd. Is this on your story? Yes. Okay. Yes. Please go. Like I had to like reveal him because it was just, it's so, I can't look at him without laughing. And like, then I have to tell him how handsome he is because I don't want him to think I'm laughing at him. (laughs) It's just... It's just so absurd. And then I had like two, I had one. Okay. So obviously no particular order. So taco getting groomed. I made a really good recipe this week. And I feel like I've been kind of, actually I made a few good recipes this week mm. for, different, for different things. And I just kind of feel like I've been feeling really stuck and, and really not wanting to do recipe development recently. And so I just haven't. And then you kind of get scared you'll never get it back and then that was that felt really good creatively and then two of our best friends came to visit on sunday and monday and their son is logan's godson and i was so happy to see them and they're just the best and the kid loved taco and like their whole thing was like so funny and adorable and i just i couldn't handle it i was so happy so those are my heads Uh, Those are so good. (laughs) And I really like, I think that's such a relevant one to today to talking about career of like, yeah, sure. Maybe we have like, doesn't it feel good to do well at the thing that you're and feel good about your work? Like that's a thing that we're prioritizing right now and it feels good to do it well. And, and I think that that's, yeah, that's important to say. And some stuff's just not in our control too. Totally. Related, I'll give the same one. Like, I feel like that that interview with Megan Tan, like I was yeah, it, pretty nervous about and it kind of started off sort of because of that bit I shared. But I like the episode and it's going to go up this week and I feel good about it. And it feels kind of full circle that I wanted to have around back then. And then here we are and our lives are different, but it's going to be OK. And like, yeah, that, that, that felt nice. What else? What else? I, I think this is kind of just a vague one, but I had such a low day on Monday. I was about to get my period and felt really depressed and really anxious and just really pretty terrible. And then the next morning I had a plan to, my friend captain has a membership to the Huntington garden. Have you ever been there? No, the botanical garden. We should go next time you're in town, but it's really close to me. Uh, It's in Pasadena, but it's like, 20 minutes and he has a membership. And so he goes every morning at 8 a.m. They were open in the pandemic and he walks around the whole thing. And then he comes and gets a gets a coffee and he invited me to go with him this week. And I met him there at eight and I got out of bed early and I I was feeling terrible, mind you, the day before. And I that was the first thing I did the next day. And here I am like talking with my friend, like telling jokes. We walk all around the botanical garden and we get into the cactus section and he's like making jokes, like watch out, you know, like because of my cactus thing, if you know, you know, we like had these magic um, mind. It was the sponsor for let it out these little drinks. And we pretended that they were, uh, they have like medicinal mushrooms in them, but we pretended that they had like psychedelic mushrooms. And he like did a bit that he was like, Oh, now I feel like, you know, we just were silly and it was really fun and early. And then, you know, it kind of knocked me out of my thing. And then this will be my, my last one. But when I got to the coffee shop, you know, we went together and, and he had already like gotten my coffee and our other friend was there and the three of us sat in the back and we were chatting and it was just a, a nice time to like be with these two dudes who I really love and are like so gentle and sweet. And, and we're sitting there and we start talking to this other guy who he's wearing a Synespia hat, like the, um, the movies that they do at the cemetery. And 
one of them starts chatting with them and they're like, Oh, are like, do you, do you work for them or something? And he's like, yeah, I do actually. And we have like the nicest chat. And he was so humble. He was like, at the end we figure out, he's like, Oh yeah, it's mine. Like I like founded it. And he was so cool about it. He was like, but you know, I never usually wear the hat. And like, it was, it was really funny. And he like walks away. And then our friend Tim was like, Katie run, go get him, go get him. And I was like, what? And he's like, go ask him to be on your podcast. And, and it was just, it made me so happy that I was like, okay, first of all, I would never do that. Like, but it made me so happy just to have people like care and say something like that, that felt like everyone was on the same team together when I had felt so lonely and sad, just (laughs) mere hours before, you know, it's just funny how quickly our brains can change. I like that. Those are good ones. Well, let's quickly disclaim because you have a dinner party to get to. I do. And I have Um, more work to do. So (laughs) are we doctors? (laughs) No, we are not doctors or mental health professionals or experts of any kind. We are just two friends sharing our experiences with anxiety. And if you are struggling, we highly suggest therapy. We love therapy. Um, Remember, if you're spiraling, you are not alone. You are not weird or damaged or crazy. And you don't owe anyone an explanation for your mental health. And we love you. you. Bye. Bye. See you next week.